0: Cindy Nott is coming up now to share with you a passage of scripture. My guess is it's familiar to most of you. And so I'm not going to spend a long time giving you the background to it. It's one of the stories of Jesus, one of the healing stories. But I want you, as you begin to hear this, have thought about this question. How many of you can think about people that you would call your best friend? Think about who they are for a second. How far would you go to care for them? And how far would they go to care for you? Cindy, share with us the scripture, please.
1: One day, while he was teaching, Pharisees and teachers of the law were sitting nearby. They had come from every village of Galilee and Judea and Jerusalem, and the power of the Lord was with him to heal. Just then, some men came, carrying a paralyzed man on a bed. They were trying to bring him in and lay him before Jesus, but finding no way to bring him in because of the crowd, they went up on the roof And let him down with his bed, through the tiles, into the middle of the crowd in front of Jesus. When he saw their faith, he said, Friend, your sins are forgiven you. Then the scribes and the Pharisees began to question, Who is this who is speaking blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God alone? When Jesus perceived their questionings, he answered them, Why do you raise such questions in your hearts? Which is easier to say, your sins are forgiven you, or to say, stand up and walk? But so that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins, he said to the one who is paralyzed, I say to you, stand up and take your bed and go to your home. Immediately he stood up before them, took what he had been lying on, and went to his home, glorifying God. Amazement seized all of them, and they glorified God and were filled with awe, saying, We have seen strange things today. The word of God for the people of God. Thank be to God.
0: Thank you, Cindy. Would you join with me in a moment of prayer. Gracious and loving God, we all today came in one form or fashion seeking healing, either for ourselves or for loved ones or for the country or world or community or any other place that our mind is drawn where there is illness and unhealth. So pray, O Lord, that as we come into this place, our quest might lead us directly into your presence, without trying to contrive what you will then do, we simply ask that in your presence you would do the very thing, not that we ask for, but that you know that we need. And most of all, Lord, we give you thanks that as we come here today seeking, we do it together as one. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Do you want to be made well? Jesus asked that of a man in John chapter 5. It's another one of his healing stories, not the one that Cindy just read to you. The person he asked it of had been laying by a pool that he had hoped would bring healing, he'd been lying there for 38 years. He'd been ill for 38 years. And when you've been sick that long, you no longer have just a diagnosis, you have an identity. There's the person who's been sick for 38 years. There's a person with this malady or this illness. And when you have a sickness or an illness that begins to define your identity that has begun to dictate your life and the way in which you think about yourself and the world, the question may be appropriate, do you want to be made well? Because it will change everything about you. And sometimes that change is hard to accept, hard to think about going through. Today we're going to be thinking about being well, but before we begin any further in this, let me ask again. As you think about your quest for health and wholeness, do you want to be made well? That's the power of sickness. Sickness is always about more than diagnosis and cure. Sickness is about a sense of ourself and our ability to live our lives as we want or as we are called to. It impacts our relationships. Right now, even simply in this wonderful time of Michigan that we celebrate annually, we call it flu season. Give it up for flu season! We're all a little more suspicious about the person across the room from us or table or sitting next to us in a pew. We uh, use sanitizer more, and we are concerned a little bit to make sure we stay healthy. Of course, if you get the flu, you are wise to change your life and let the illness run its course. Don't compound it by trying just to get tougher than it. Let it get done, get well. Our own Reverend Megan today is not here this morning because this week she has had a bad case of the flu. She is better today, I'm glad to tell you. And in conversation with her over the weekend, she was feeling so much better. There was a moment we wondered And then she said, the doctor said that she could be contagious perhaps up through Tuesday. I said, see you Wednesday. (laughs) Now she really would rather be here this morning, I know that for a fact, but sickness has dictated other plans for her. It's funny how illness can affect so much so quickly. Anybody here planning a trip to China this week? Isn't it amazing that an illness can begin to be a global concern, not quite panic yet, but how far do you think that is away? The power of illness is demonstrated of our current fear of the coronavirus. And while we may make jokes that if we just find the right kind of beer, it will go away, the reality is is that already borders are being closed, flights are being canceled, whole cities are being shut down, And we're a little nervous. All because of an illness. And that all that makes us sick can be treated with an antibiotic. If sickness is defined as being unwell, then we can think of many different kinds of sicknesses, illnesses. To be unwell can also describe when we are are unable or unwilling to live our best lives because of our emotional and spiritual dis-ease. Now, there are too many diseases to list that can make us unwell, but if I ask you to think about the diseases you know of that come from broken hearts, broken minds, and broken spirits, you can identify some. This past week, we went to go see the movie Doolittle, it was called, and it was poorly reviewed. I was really anxious about it. I was. Quite scared. I don't like inviting my church to go see a bad movie. Oh, we've done it before. I just don't like doing it over and over again. <laughs> and uh, I was a little nervous and I couldn't go with you Tuesday night because of something else I needed to attend to. So I went Tuesday afternoon to watch Doolittle. Is a story, uh, another version of the story of Dr. Doolittle, a man who can talk to animals. And I got to be honest with you, I liked it. Now I'm not saying it's Oscar worthy or anything. Um, but it was simple, it was easy, um, it had a story I could follow. Sometimes I don't mind going to the movies and not having to work, you know what I mean? I like to sit there and, and just, and this was that kind of movie. And as I watched the movie and was entertained, I was also glad to find out I could find something to preach about. That was also a, a consideration course you understand I can probably find something to preach about in a toothpick so whatever <laughs> and for me the uh, the takeaway from this movie was pretty evident right at the beginning as the b- movie begins we meet Tommy Stubbins who is a young adolescent boy who has a very soft heart and in a forced shooting the gun with his family who said he needed to do it he shot a gun intentionally trying to make sure he didn't shoot what he was aiming at but unfortunately hit a squirrel so now he's got a wounded squirrel that he cares about and wants to get made well so he tries to take it to where he has heard about this Dr. Doolittle. Dr. Doolittle as the movie begins is grief sick over the loss the death of his wife and that grief has insulated him from all human contact And what shakes him and Tommy both from where they are to where they need to go was the fact that a very young Queen Victoria, who had known Dr. Doolittle for her life, uh, was very ill and close to death, so he is summoned because he has to help heal the Queen. And so all these three moments of crisis come together, and Tommy Stubbins and Dr. Doolittle and a gorilla and a duck and a squirrel that's healing and so on all go on this quest to go find the magical potion that will heal the queen. They're on a quest for healing. And I thought about that a lot over this week. I thought about it as I thought back about various times I've been with people in need of healing people I'm walking with right now who are in some level of sickness of many kinds. And I thought about the power of that quest. And my guess is if I ask you to think about it too, you also have remembrances and maybe current experiences of what it is to be unwell, to be sick, and to desire and seek and yearn for healing, whether it's a body, spirit, or mind. Have you had those moments in your life? then I'm going to ask you right now, can you think not about the disease, but rather about the people who walked with you, who sat with you, who encouraged you, who comforted you, who prodded you towards healing? Think about those people right now. Can you think of some? then let me indulge you, or would you please indulge me, I guess, really. Let me ask you this. If you want to, I would invite you to raise your hand. I don't have time for everybody, but if you raise your hand and just say the name or a few of the names, of the people you're thinking of right now. Your mom. Rachel, thank you. You. Your wife, yep. Others? Anybody in the balcony? I'll come back to you. Your pastor. Your wife and grandson. Anyone? Optimus Club. Club. Sue? Son Chris. Your husband. And in the back. Okay. Those names are random to most of you. You don't know who they are really, perhaps. But to those of you who name them, and for those of you who are thinking of people, those names are more than just names of people. They're names of angels. They're names of people for whom you have experienced some of the most sacred walk. They have been critical to you, and they will be ever the people that you think of and give God thanks for, because they have helped you know the power of healing. We know the power of those who sit with us during our time of illness. One of the privileges we have in the church, both clergy and laity alike, is the privilege of knowing what it is to sit by people while they are ill, sit with them through their illness, And it is not as if somehow we have the ability to always control the outcome, but we have the ability to impact the quality and character of the quest. And those who help us on our own quests become representatives of God to us, who become for us reminders of the fact that we serve a living God who always remains faithful and close in that quest we all have to be made well. In fact, it seems to me one of the ways we can talk about a church is that we are called to be a community of people on a mutual quest for health, for our healing, for healing, for hope. And we do so not only in the sense that I'm sick and you help me and you're sick and I help you, but rather that we're addressing illnesses that are larger than our own sniffles and cancers. We're addressing issues that debilitate more than one or two people but groups of people we talk about healing not only for us but for the community around us we are called to be a place where people come to when they are sick when they are hurting because here compassion needs to reign and we need to be the people who are willing to say yeah we'll walk with you because we have come to understand that healing is not a solo effort because healing is never one-dimensional really doesn't matter what disease you have does it you need others around you oh yeah I know once in a while you can suck it up and heal yourself if you've got a cold well not if you're a man but you know what I'm saying (laughs) I preach the truth here and I'm just telling you the truth we're whiny and get over it that's what we're going to be but the reality is, whatever the disease is, it never is just about the sickness. It's about how it affects how we feel emotionally, how we see the world, and how it changes our life. Maybe for a short time, maybe for a long time, maybe forever. And It takes more than ourselves to go on those quests. So perhaps the greatest power that we have as a church in healing is to offer a community that comes around us. And that we become a community that comes around the larger community offering hope. Our scripture for today gives a picture of one such moment like this. Jesus' presence has come into a community and his popularity has already gathered a crowd. There are the scribes and Pharisees who've come early to get a front row seat so they can criticize everything they don't like about what he does. Glad you're here. But then he also cares about the others who come. And of those coming, you know what they came because they needed to be healed. They wanted to receive a message of hope. They were curious if he was the Messiah. They wanted to be entertained. All kinds of reasons to be there. But there was one man, at least, who came because they had heard that Jesus could heal. And this man was ill. Whatever it was, we don't know for sure. But we do know it was a kind that of, he couldn't walk on his own. So he had a group of friends say, hey, we'll take you. They put him on a stretcher, and they carried him to the house. And they get to the house carrying their buddy on a stretcher. And they can't get in because there's just too many people. This is where the story gets interesting. You know that one of the guys carrying that stretcher with their buddy lying on it was an engineer who steps back and goes, hey, you know what I'm thinking and they began to figure out how they could climb up on top of the house with the stretcher, with the buddy on it, and get up to the top of the house. How are we going to get in? I know. We'll tear the roof apart and we'll lower him down. At which point in my mind, if I'm the guy on the stretcher, I'm saying, I'm healed. <laughs> Let me, what are you guys thinking Which isn't it often true sometimes when the people who are walking with you on that quest? You go, what are you guys thinking? Why are you still here? Why are you hanging in here with me? Don't make me do that. But they were determined to not stop at accepting disease for their friends. They were the community who said, we will go to places that you cannot imagine others would go because we believe there is healing for you in the presence of this guy. And so they go and get on top of the house and break through the roof. And I've had people say to me, yeah, but you know it was only a thatched roof. I don't care how they made the hole. They still got to get the guy down to the ground. Listen, all that really matters is they got him into the presence of Jesus. And you can say that the people who carried him were already the holy community. They were bonded with a love and a determination for their buddy that they were going to do even what sounded impossible and perhaps foolish. Because that's what your best friends will do. And he came in the presence of Jesus. And yes, you know what happens there. Jesus says, man, you're faithful. Your buds are are very faithful. Your sin is forgiven, which back in the day, you and I both know, they used to think that disease was caused by sin. We know that isn't true anymore. But what I take from that is not the fact that Jesus was saying that sin was causing his paralysis or his sickness, whatever it was. What I understand is Jesus is saying when you're sick, it's the whole person. I want to heal all of you. I'm not, about, I'm not like a guy who just says, let me write you a script and take a pill. I'm here to heal the whole being. So as long as you're here, I want to give you the kind of thing that God wants to give you. I want to give you unconditional grace and love and mercy. Your sins are forgiven. And of course, the critics say, but you can't do that. To which Jesus said, you think that was hard? Watch this. Get off your mat and walk. Because Jesus wanted to heal the whole person. And of course he was healed. The people who came with him on that day saw an amazing miracle, but I think Jesus saw one too. He saw people showing the kind of love and compassion for a friend that motivated them. And here's a distinction I want to give you. Christians don't show pity. You know what pity is? Pity is when I feel sorry for you. Pity is when I see you hurting and go, gee, I feel really bad for you, and I move on. Christians show compassion. Pity is when you go to someone and say, geez, I really feel bad, and you keep on moving. They feel, I feel bad that you're hungry. Compassion says, let me find your kitchen. I'll cook you a meal. They showed great compassion that day, and I think Jesus felt right at home because that's what he was teaching. That's what the church has been called to be ever since. And as I was writing this sermon, I I started thinking about just this week, just this week, and I thought about what happened in the building this week, and I, I didn't get everything, but so I know this week in this building we had seniors exercising, we had a bunch of people doing Zumba, we had a bunch of people playing pickleball, and a whole lot of youth playing youth basketball. That was all just to take care of the body. We've had Bible studies this week to speak to our soul and to build the health of the community of the church. We've had divorce care in AA to heal the broken of the hearts and spirits and relationships. And these are just a few of the ways in which we've tried to offer healing. We have congregational care ministers going out visiting the homebound and the ill. And I can tell you that each one of the clergy this week has spent time with those who are grieving and healing and seeking. Oh, by the way, we also opened up our building this past week. so why I couldn't go to the movie with you. So 168 people from the community could come in here and have a very contentious but important conversation over an issue that affects our community. And we said we just need to create space where people can talk to each other because we think that's what the church is called to be. Now we're doing all this because we think the church is called to invite people to take quest for healing because we think healing is possible. We think God does not intend for us to be defined by our illnesses, but rather to be defined by how God's grace is working with us in the moment, so that even if I am ill, I can choose whether or not I want to be that ill guy or that guy who's in the presence of the living Christ. We are here today to come into the presence of a Savior who dared to heal the whole person. So this morning, I'm going to invite you to come into the presence of the Lord. I'm going to invite you to bring your dis-ease, to bring your brokenness, to bring your fears, and to bring those with you in your heart that you're praying for to come into the presence of the Lord. Because here, we actually do believe this becomes the presence of Christ. And if you want me to explain it to you, I'll take time after service. But The truth is, I can't explain it. I can only tell you if I experienced it. And this healing is not just for those who think they understand. It's for all of us because none of us fully understand. It's about faith, it's about mercy, and it's about the compassion of Jesus Christ. This past week, I went and got my annual physical. They say I'm going to live. And she gave me a prescription for a little pill that I've been taking for about 15, 20 years. And I'll take it. But I won't take that without this. And I won't take this without that. For God heals in many ways. But what I offer to you today, not I, but the church, the community since the time they broke through the roof to this, this simple offer i invite you to come into the presence of the living god who sees you who has you diagnosed so well and says come on bring all of yourself here for whatever is diseased in you christ seeks to offer you healing and hope as we continue together on a quest and so all are made well I love how the story ends. And it is my deepest prayer. It's how ours will end today. Do you remember the words? They went home glorifying God. An amazement seized all of them. And they glorified God and were filled with awe. And they were saying, We have seen strange things here today. May it be so.